Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NOCO, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Tuesday, December 12th. I'm Erin O'Toole. There's a long history of Americans taking to the streets to make their voices heard. To march, to protest, has come to define one of the ways people participate in our democracy. We recently saw a powerful example of this during the racial justice protests in 2020 that stretched across the country. Protesters were practicing the kind of civil disobedience that defined the civil rights era when demonstrations lasted days and weeks and marches went on for miles. Recently, a group of local immigration activists embarked on one of those long-distance marches. Members of the Colorado Immigrant Rights Coalition walked for four days. The 60-mile journey began at the Colorado State Capitol. It ended in Greeley at the district office of Representative Yadira Caraveo's office. Activists want Caraveo and Senators Michael Bennett and John Hickenlooper to sign on to a federal bill that would update the registry and create a pathway for citizenship for millions of immigrants who have lived in the U.S. more than seven years. Omar Gomez was among the dozens of people who marched. It is a challenge, especially emotionally, you know, it requires a lot of energy. The Boulder County resident is from Zacatecas, Mexico, where he worked as a farmer. He says poor management of the ongoing water crisis there forced him to leave. I was happy in my town, but everything changed. So the immigration situation is just because we get forced to do that. Many of the immigrants who marched from Denver to Greeley are like Gomez. They've called the U.S. home for at least two decades, but their futures feel uncertain. Raquel Lane Ariano with Colorado Immigrant Rights Coalition said the march, which they called the Pilgrimage for Citizenship, was more than a display of activism. She joined us to explain. A pilgrimage came up because it's spiritual. A lot of our leaders in our community are really deeply rooted in spiritual practice. And folks want a solution. I think we've been waiting for so long. A lot of our leaders, because they've been around for so long, are used to getting the runaround from our politicians, you know, hearing, we can't do this now, it's not politically feasible, and and those messages, right? And then when election campaign time rolls along, like people get the other message that they're going to pass citizenship this year and that all we have to do is vote. And it really felt like something meaningful. It also is a way to bring back power, right? Because nobody can stop you from walking. Like, we might not have the power in our hands to do citizenship right now, but we have the power to walk 60 miles to make a statement and also to to fuel our faith that someday this is going to happen. The last time registry was updated, my mom became a citizen through that, and that was in 1986. So many of us know family members who were here 40 years ago and lucky enough to benefit from the last time this law was updated with bipartisan support under the Reagan administration. 
And so we walk with faith, hoping that the rest of our family could become citizens through an update. It has bipartisan support. Wow. And you just mentioned that the last time this was updated was during the Reagan administration. I mean, that just was such a long time ago. I'm wondering if there's been any traction from Colorado lawmakers. I realize activists were very focused on getting Colorado's first Latina member of Congress, Representative Caraveo, to sign on to this bill. What was your sense? She's somebody who grew up in this community. I grew up in this district, and I have faith that she will hear from enough people that it'll start to click, that this is something people in this district support, you know? I don't think she's been moved just yet. I think she's she's coming to the table in a different way, you know, and, and she's speaking publicly about her position. But I haven't seen her or Senators Hickenlooper or Bennett really adjust their tone just yet. We stayed in churches the whole way. So we talked to clergy, pastors all along the way and community members. And a lot of folks have relationships with her. And they were surprised that she wasn't on the bill and surprised that really any Democrat is not on the bill. Right. Because it's in line with what a lot of Democrats say they support in terms of creating a pathway, because this would create a pathway for eight point five million. It covers anyone who's been here for seven years. So it would cover DACA, people with temporary protected status, farm workers, essential workers. You know, it just it's a pretty simple, straightforward bill and and has a lot of precedence. Advocates and lawmakers all seem to agree that what we have in place right now is a very broken immigration system. In addition to the registry bill, um, what are what's one thing or maybe a couple things that you feel could make meaningful change in this realm? Yeah. Another bill that community leaders brought up along the way is a bill that would help families that have already experienced deportation. Because what we're talking about right now really only helps people who are still here, you know, but not everyone has survived deportation. Not every family has survived deportation. And a lot of our members have divided households because somebody got sent back and the rest of the families living in the United States can't go back and visit them, can't see them. And so there's a a bill that would get rid of the five and 10 year bar. So there's bars on people who have been deported where they can't come back And yeah, I think we need some more solutions that actually address the way immigrants have been criminalized since 9-11. And it's really hard to fathom, but I've heard so many stories of folks, they were here before 9-11. It felt welcoming. Immigrants were not such a political target. And then 9-11 happens. And when all the dust settles, everything changes for immigrants in the United States. Everything. They can't get a driver's license. There's hostility resources start to be pulled away. They're no longer considered part of the fabric of this nation, even though they continue to be the fabric of our work, you know, of our economy. They continue to uphold these systems, but the rug gets pulled under in terms of real support. Right. And then this is where states like Colorado have stepped in to pass strong immigration measures. Yeah. Few people who aren't from here expect Colorado to be making significant changes on immigration, but the reality is Colorado used to be part of Mexico. And so we have a long history and ties with with Mexico and and Mexican people. And a lot of folks have family ties that go back generations, you know? And so I think Colorado has put ourselves on the map as a leader over the years. And it's been because of people like Omar who are willing to push what's possible. It's one thing if like California makes a change, but I think 
it means something different when you get a state like Colorado that is still very politically diverse. Colorado is not, Colorado is like split evenly across independents, Democrats and Republicans and actually has more independents. So when you see a state like Colorado manage to make meaningful contributions to to change the daily living for immigrants, right, to improve conditions for immigrants, it just makes it feel more possible that we could build that roadmap across the, the nation, right? Well, Raquel, thank you so much for speaking with me about this. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks so much for having us. We contacted Representative Yadira Caraveo's office to ask why she hasn't signed on to the immigration bill that activists are pushing for, or if she plans to in the near future. Her office did not directly respond to our questions. A spokesperson said in part that Caraveo is, quote, supportive of creating a pathway to citizenship and looks forward to continued conversation. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. We'll be back tomorrow with more of what's happening in Northern Colorado. Our interim producer is Mickey Capper. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. We'll see you next time.